Oh, how's that for a way to start off your morning? Yeah, is that awesome? So tell me, man, what are, what are some of the things you feel right now? Excited? Very cool. Happy? Anything else? That's it. What's that? Awake. Good. Somebody said, you're not going to need coffee this morning. So I don't know if you can go that far, but what else? What are you feeling? Thankful. Thankful. Two of those coming out. Awesome. I'm sorry? Refreshed. That's cool. Anything else? Hopeful. Good. Amazed at God. Very good. Yeah, you guys, um, I've been sitting with those songs for, for a long time. In fact, I, I put them in my uh, a playlist this morning, and I just had it just playing over and looping and looping and looping. I tell you, man, you listen to that stuff after a while, and it does. It just, it's amazing what it'll do to your heart. It's amazing what it'll do to your mind. It's amazing what it can pull you out of, and so that you can begin to experience all the things that you guys were just talking about. Why? Because there are some things that are true about God that are absolutely unbelievable. They are amazing. They're beyond us. He is so great. And that's what I'm hoping that by the time we walk out of here today, that we will have all been pulled out of some of the stuff that we've been experiencing and thinking and be reminded this morning of how great God is. Because the reality is, uh, we spend a lot of our days not feeling all those things that you just mentioned, all right? We all agree on that one? Almost every single day, there are stuff that just hits us, that brings us down, that puts God, this great God, into this tiny, small box. And a lot of our days, we'll walk through life and we have anxiety, we have fear about things, we get frustrated about the way life is going. Somebody said hope. Lots of times, we live with a lack of hope. We'll feel empty. There'll be a lack of passion a lack of direction, and a lack of motivation for life. It's so interesting. Those three things right there, passion, direction, motivation, and purpose. Reading this book right there, the four, those are four things that you have when you have vision. This is just a book on leadership. If you're a good leader and you cast a vision, it is something that will all of a sudden start to promote a purpose and a direction, and it'll get passion inside your heart and motivate you to live a certain way. And when I think about that, when I thought about that, really what we want to do today is get a vision of God. So that when we're going through our lives and all these things are hitting us and our minds are caught up in all these things, that we'll be able to look at God and go, wait a second, you are great. Because the reality is other things look great. Other things look great. And when that happens, God starts to diminish. And good things grab our attention They grab our hearts, and they grab our devotion. And all week long, we are constantly have things that are doing that for us. And once those things start to look so great, all of a sudden, God doesn't look so great. And bad things can look really great. The situations that we're in, the hardships that we're facing, the tragedies that hit us, health issues that are robbing us from our life, all that kind of stuff, conflict in our relationships. Those things, too, can look really great. They can look huge. They can look monstrous. They can look like they're insurmountable. And all of a sudden, this great God that we just sang about looks really, really small. And it's it's amazing all week long how our problems 
will overshadow the God that we just sang about. And the things of this world that are temporary and fleeting will look more appetizing, more enticing, and more grand than God. Can we all agree with that? I mean, I don't know about you, but if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this is one of the biggest struggles, is to keep my heart at a point where I see God for how great he is and the stuff of this world for what it is, the good things and the bad. And so this is why, hold on, I just need to fix This is why, you guys, that we need to worship. Because when we worship, I'm sorry. Okay. I've got this stand down. All right, it's not going to fall all over on me. All right. When we worship, you guys, what you just did and what I do all the time, I, I remind myself of this, is I'm saying, you are, and I'm not. Every time we worship, every time we gather together and we get to sing, it's a chance for us to remind ourselves, God, you are, and I'm not. And not only am I not, but the world isn't either. And my job isn't. And there isn't a person in this world who is. And all these things, pleasures and possessions and promotions, they aren't it either. And all these problems aren't it. God, you are, and I'm not. And the things of this world, they aren't either. And so when you think of David uh, in the Bible, if you know anything about David, he was the king of Israel, but his title that I love is that he was a man after God's own heart. This guy understood who God was. And there were so many things that were after his heart. I mean, talk about, talk about having anything at his fingertips. He was the king. And I know we don't have kings nowadays. You know, we got presidents who, who aren't quite even come close to a king. But for David in that day and age, if there was anything he wanted, he could have it. He could have any woman. He could have any possession. He could have all the stuff in the world at his fingertips. How tempting would it have been for him to see how great the things of this world are and forget how great God is. But if you read David's life and you read his writings, you also find that this guy went through unbelievable opposition. He always had somebody who was after him, who wanted to take him out, literally destroy him, kill his life. This is the life that this guy lived. There were huge, great, insurmountable problems that he faced. And there were great, insurmountable pleasures and possessions and good things right at his fingertips. And yet this guy, faced with all those great things, was the one who helps us to see in Scripture how great God is. And so I don't know where you're coming in here today. Some of you might be coming in and life is really good and everything around you is looking great and it's captured you. And you're enticed by the things of this world. And maybe some of you are coming in and the problems are what's great. The struggles are what's great. But what we need to remember today is God is greater. He is greater than anything and everything. And so we're going to look at David, who constantly said, you are God and I'm not and nothing else is. And we're going to get him out of the box. So God is infinite. That's what we're going to look at today. And um, I was talking with Suze about that, and the reality is, I think if you probably believe in a God, there are lots of different gods that people believe in, but when you understand the God of this Bible, he's infinite. And in a, as a very definition of infinite, it means this, that which has no end, no limit, 
no finite boundary, and thus cannot be measured or timed by any finite standard. Okay, let me give you that definition again. That which has no end, no limit, no finite boundary, that's infinite. And thus, it can't be measured or timed by any finite standard. See, so right off the bat, I just want to challenge you today as we go through this passage to say the God that you believe in, in our humanness, no matter even the best that we get, the most that we can understand about God, we're still putting a standard on him that he is beyond. This is so awesome because no matter how much you know about God, how much you've experienced about God, he's always farther beyond anything that you can imagine. And so today, there's three of these infinite qualities because obviously every one of his qualities, he's infinite in, which is awesome. His love, let me just share that one before we go into this. God's love is infinite. His mercy, never-ending. His patience, his kindness, all of these unbelievable, beautiful qualities of God are who he is. But we're going to look at three, and we're going to look at Psalm 139. So if you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and open to Psalm 139. If you don't have them, they're going to be up here on the screen. And, uh, and if, you, if you don't have a Bible too, we always have free ones right outside here in the, in the lobby uh, at the information table. If you ever need a Bible, just go ahead and grab one. They're free. Um, but I'm going to read Psalm 139. Now, if you're new to Christianity or just checking out God and checking out church, this psalm will be new to you, obviously. But if you've been walking with Christ for a while and if you've been in church, you, you know this psalm. Um, this is a really, really popular psalm. And there's, we could probably do two months just on this psalm alone. There's so much in here. But I'm hopefully going to take it at a different angle than maybe you've looked at it before. All right? So here's the first thing that I want to help you to see. And that is that God is infinite in his knowledge. God is infinite in his knowledge. Psalm 139. O Lord, you've searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. So here's a few things that we can know about our God. The first one is this, is he knows everything about you. He knows everything about you. You guys, and when I, when I stop and think this, does, does anybody else, um, do you ever look in the mirror and you confuse yourself? Is anybody else confused by yourself? I, I just, I, I mean, there are so many things that, um, you know, self-awareness, you hear that a lot. And I've had people tell me that I'm pretty self-aware. But the problem is, when you get self-aware, you're aware that you don't get yourself. I, I, I just like, I am so confusing to me. And, um, there, and, and what's amazing to me is that when I struggle with why do I do this? Why do I feel these things? Why can't I change this? All that kind of stuff, the, all the struggles, all the things we go to counselors for. And I, and I do. We promote that here. We, we really believe that God gifts people to help them to know who you are and to pull some of that stuff out. I encourage you to do that. But here's the coolest thing. The one thing I do know in the midst of not understanding myself 
So God knows me. He knows every reason that I do everything that I do. The Bible actually tells us that he understands the motivations of our heart. And that's what I'm saying sometimes we don't even get. And it's so helpful for you guys as you go and as I go through the rest of the days on our earth to know that God is infinite in his knowledge means that as much as I want to understand about life and as much as I want to understand about myself and the life that I'm created to live, God knows everything about you. We're going to read here in just a little bit. It says that he's actually the one who knits you together. He actually knows better than you do what will fulfill you, what will drive you, what will just make you the man or the woman that God created you to be. So that's a really cool thing to know. So part of his infinite knowledge is just to come to grips with this reality. God, you know me, and you know everything about me. If you ever want to know yourself fully, then start going to God and asking him to reveal to you the things about your heart. Here's the second thing, is he knows everything about everything. (laughs) He knows everything about everything. I love Psalm 147, verse 5 says this, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. (laughs) Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. So in other words, he knows things that we'll never know. See, and this is, this is part of this deal. This is where all of a sudden you go, I am so glad that there's a God. Julian of Norwich said it this way. She goes, human imagination stands in numbed silence in the presence of the measurer of all of our measurements. <laughs> Let me read that again. Human imagination stands in numbed silence in the presence of the measurer of all our measurements. So here we are. And this is, I said up north last week, Man, I love science. I love the medical community. I love what you guys are finding out about our bodies. I'm serious. I would be, my wife and my child would be dead today. In, in the birth of Mariah, both, both Susie and Mariah would have been dead today. If the medical community haven't, hadn't dived in, dove in, whatever the right verb is, into the human body and discovered everything that they can. It's awesome. I say science, go for it. Discover stuff. Go after everything in space and the, everything about us. Because it's interesting that God knows everything and, is, and, and even if you're brilliant in a certain field of study, you have, all you come to know is there's more to know. That's what real brilliance is. You realize there's just more. That's because God is infinite in his knowledge. He knows everything about everything. Look at this verse in Romans chapter 11, verse 33. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches, of the wisdom, and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who's ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. All the depths and the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. His judgments are unsearchable. You guys, God knows the fact that he's infinite in his knowledge is he knows everything about everything. So I just, I want to encourage you again, no matter what field you're in, no matter what you do as a follower of Christ, it should excite you to gain as much knowledge as you can. And you know the one who knows everything about everything. 
The third thing is this. He knows everything that is right. He knows everything that is right. Again, in Romans 11, it said, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. See, and again, you've got to understand about wisdom, right? Did you guys know that you can have a lot of knowledge and still be totally stupid, right? You guys know that, right? And you can have a ton of knowledge and be wise. There's a total difference to having wisdom. And what wisdom is it takes the knowledge and it lives it out and it shows you this is what's right. This is what's good. And you guys, God is infinite in his wisdom. He knows everything that is right. See, this is when, man, when you get into your relationships, when you get into your marriage, when you get into parenting, when you get into the whole idea of what justice really is, God is the one who's revealed to us what is right because he knows everything. And the last thing that hits me with this one is he knows everything that I don't. He knows everything that I don't. For me personally, this is the one that hits me all the time when I'm praying. Because um, I don't know about you, but life is really confusing. Anybody else want to admit life is confusing? I'm telling you, as a, as a parent, it is unbelievably confusing. As a pastor of a church and trying to lead K2, there are so many things <clears throat> that I don't know. I just don't know. And that can be really overwhelming. When you have responsibilities and you don't know what to do, I mean, it's like you've got to figure this thing out. And what I find myself saying all the time in my prayers is, oh my gosh, God, you know everything that I don't. That's a really good thing. So in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, the prophet says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, this is really important, you guys, as someone who's trying to understand God and trying to understand life, because there are going to be so many things that you're going to be in the dark on. And yet, for God, He knows everything that's going on. He knows the motivation of every heart of everybody that you're involved in. He knows everything everything we need to know. So what does this mean for us, the fact that God has infinite knowledge? The first thing it does is this, is it humbles me. It humbles me. And I think that for some of us in this room, we just need to come to a place where we realize, you know what, God, you are and I'm not. A lot of us are trying to tell God what he should do. Can we just be honest with ourselves? We actually think that we know better than he does. If, we're, if you just think about your life, there's so many prayers where you're telling God, this is what she, and here's God saying, I, I, I actually know. In fact, I know everything. And what that should do is take every single one of us and just go, okay, and who am I? And what do I know? I know very little. So it humbles me. The second thing it does is it puts my heart at rest. It puts my heart at rest to know that God knows everything that I don't. And here's the other cool thing, is what does God say? If you're lacking wisdom, what's he say? Ask. 
God, all over the Bible, he's saying, here's the greatest thing. The one who knows everything, when you read the Bible, he's always going, come on, come to me. Knock on my door. Put your request before me. If you don't understand, you don't have because you don't ask. You don't get it because you haven't asked me. I have infinite wisdom. I have all the knowledge in the world. And thank God he hasn't left us down here to try to figure this, out, figure this whole thing out on our own. We have a God who is infinite in his love. And his knowledge is tied to his love. Now, let's just be honest. God does not fill us in on everything. Is that right? <laughs> I mean, there are so many things, man. I've, I've been on my knees over and over and over again. And he's just going, yeah. Just not going to tell you that one. He just doesn't want to fill us in on everything. And the things that I don't know, he knows. And he's God. And so when he doesn't reveal what I want him, because I know that I should know this, you know, every, every time I do this, I always think of like my little kids. I'm going, you guys just don't get it. There are so many things that they think they should get and they should understand. The conversations that, you know, now that Mariah's 10, she's always like wanting to be in on every conversation, you know. You just kind of go, no, you're not in on this one. This isn't for you to understand. See, we got we to humble ourselves and realize we have a God who knows everything, a God who wants to tell us everything that we need to know. And then everything that we don't know, we can trust him with. And that's the whole point, you guys, is I, I think for me, it causes me to trust him. In two ways, and I'll give a couple examples. One is, uh, knowing that God knows everything, the Bible says that he knows the plans that he has for you. He knows those. Now, can I just ask you guys, do you believe that? Do you believe that God has plans for you and he knows what they are? See, we're going to get to this in just a minute when we talk about he's infinite in time. That means God understands that there's a future that he has for you. See, but this is, let's just be honest, this is where we doubt that to be true. And as soon as we doubt that God knows the plans he has for us, then what are we going to do? We're going to create our own plans. And the other thing, or, or you might think, oh, I think I know God has plans for me, but I don't know if they're going to be any good. Can we, anybody think of that one? I mean, you sit there and you go, oh, I remember being single. It's like, oh my gosh, God's going to choose my wife? I know, I know what he's going to do. He's going to make me love somebody. You know, he's going to make me fall in love with somebody I don't even like. <laughs> I mean, seriously, anybody else fear that? And, and I know she's not, I'm not going to be attracted to her at all because he's going to, yeah, I just, it was all this kind of stuff that I knew. That, and and that, see, I actually believed that I couldn't trust God with my future relationally. I couldn't, and some of you guys, I can't trust God with my future, with my occupation. I can't trust God with my future, with my money. See, we forget God has plans, and he knows what they are. And once you come to grips with the rea- that reality, then you can trust him. And I'm telling you, one of the greatest lies of the enemy, you guys know that Satan is an enemy that we have. And he's called the father of all lies. You know what his greatest lies is? If you really trust God with your life, he's going to screw it up. He is going to make you so unhappy, he's going to send you to Africa. That was my biggest fear all the time. You know, or actually, no, then it was communist Russia. You know, he just, God's going to do that. He's going to make your life miserable. I'm telling you, that is a lie from the pit of hell. There's only one person who knows, who knows what will fulfill you 
and why you're here, and that's God. Now, here's the other thing having this infinite knowledge does for me. Um, and, and all of us, uh, some of you are in this situation right now, and all of us are going to run into it at some point or not. When I was uh, 22 years old, <clears throat> two weeks into my first job out of college, I get a phone call that my mom uh, has cancer. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she has two months to two years to live. Now, <clears throat> my mom was the one person that I knew loved me. I mean, I, other people love me, but I know they always love me if. You know, there's a lot of love out there, but they love you if. My mom was the one person I knew loved me, period. And I remember, man, I walked out of that room after my brother called me, and I went into my apartment, and I just screamed at God, and I said, You can't take my mom! <laughs> and... Um, you know, one of the coolest things about walking with Jesus is when you yell at him like that, he's like right here. He's like, dude, I'm right here. And, and, he, and he was. I went through a long journey because here's a couple things. I, here's a few things I know about God, right? Number one, I believe that God can do anything. How many of you believe that? I believe he can do anything. So heal my mom, <laughs> right? Here's the second thing I know is God is good. You guys believe that? Do you believe he's good? Okay, God, well, if you're good and you can do anything, then what? Heal my mom. It's pretty easy, right? You love her, I love her, you know, you're good, you can do anything. Let's take care of business here. Here's the third thing in light of this. As I got on my knees, and I also realized there's a third thing I know about you, God. And that is that you know everything that I don't. And you know all the implications that will happen if my mom lives or if she dies. Do you guys believe that? Do you believe that God knows? That's what, see, this is when your mind just starts going, you know, it's like, how can you understand all this? But in his infiniteness, and as we'll get to in his time, God is able to know what the outcomes are whether my mom lives or dies. And then all of a sudden I thought, oh my gosh, here's the other thing I know, is we're actually going to live for eternity. You guys believe that one? <laughs> See, and if that's the case, then down here is like what? It's like a grain of sand on all the seashores, beaches. I mean, it's just, this life is so minute compared to what we were created for, to live with God forever. So I'm sitting there, I'm going, okay, we're going to live with God forever. So that's what really matters. And you know the implications of whether my mom lives or dies. So if my mom dies... Um, well, actually, I, I remember thinking, so if my mom would die and somehow greater good would come out of that for eternity, then I trust you. You guys, you follow my logic there? See, I, it was the weirdest thing for me. God, you can do anything. You're good, but you also know everything I don't know. And when you come to that conclusion, for me anyway, it was the weirdest thing, you guys. I got up from that moment of prayer, and I could place my mom in God's hands, as if she wasn't in his hands already. But for me, I was finally at rest because what I knew about God and his infinite knowledge. It's huge. You guys, don't miss this one. Because I know right now, you and I are struggling with things that are going on in our life. And we need to remember, he knows what you don't. Go to him. You can ask him. He does want to give wisdom. And he was, does want to give insight to us. 
But then the things that are beyond our control, he knows what he's doing, and he's good, and he'll accomplish it. So that's the first one right there. He is infinite in his knowledge. Here's the second one. God is infinite in space. He's infinite in space. Let's go back to Psalm 139, verse 7. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go, flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. You guys get this? God is where? He's everywhere. See, that's what we call God is imminent, is is the word that's used. He's imminent, which means he's everywhere. But you know what else God is? God is transcendent. You know what that means? He's not anywhere. Follow that one. God's imminent, which means he's everywhere. But God's transcendent, which means he's he's not anywhere. What does that mean? Here's the deal. All finite things have a location, right? Okay, Lois, you're here, right? So where aren't you? Everywhere else, else. exactly. (laughs) Okay, if you're finite, that means you're somewhere. And that necessitates that you're not anywhere else. This is where you are. But see, God in his infinite, so he's not anywhere. We can't say, thank God, you know, thank God that God showed up at uh, K2. Wouldn't that be great? You know, if we had to sit there and wait for him to show up, wouldn't that be a bummer? We can't say, hey, God's at K2, which means he's not anywhere else. So he's not anywhere. He's everywhere. Now, you guys, this is an awesome thing. He's spirit. He has no limitations. He cannot be contained or controlled. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 23 and 24 say this. Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord? And not a God far away? Can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him? We try, don't we? (laughs) You guys ever pull your curtains? Right? (laughs) And just think, phew, you know? And then Jesus is sitting right there next to you. It's awesome. Can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth. He's present everywhere, but here's what's interesting. He acts differently in different places. Oh, man, we, I, after, after studying this one, I'm, I, I don't even know if I want to open this can of worms with you because we could do a whole lot of study on this. If, let, let me just ask this question. If God's everywhere, then why is it that sometimes you feel his presence and sometimes you don't? Right? How many of you have felt the presence of God? Right? And how many of you have not felt the presence of God? <laughs> Does that mean he's not there? No. Isn't that interesting? If God is omnipresent, if he's filling heaven and earth, if he's spirit and he's not anywhere, but he's everywhere, then why is it that sometimes we feel his presence and sometimes we don't? It's interesting, in the Bible, in a couple places, it'll say that he's far away from the wicked. Interesting. Does that mean he's like, oh, I'm just not going to be there with them? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's what it means. But I think what this one guy I was reading said is, but that sometimes if God, there's three things he does. He punishes he sustains, and he blesses. So God will act differently in certain situations. And when you and I, because I've felt this, there are certain times when I know God is far away, and you know why he's far away? Because he can't really have anything to do with what I'm doing. You, you know what I'm talking about? 
So, hey, man, I want intimacy with God while I'm willfully sinning against him. You know, John said, hey, if you claim to have fellowship with God but walk in the darkness, you lie. Doesn't mean he's not there. This is a good one. I just thought this. Men's retreat. You know, we did the men's weekend a couple weeks ago. What did we talk about? Women, you guys know this, right? Men are really good at being present and not present. Right? Dude, yeah, I know you're home. That's really great, but there's no engagement. See, I think that's what God is. God is there, but we're not engaging. And all of a sudden, he feels far away. I also know this. Sometimes, I, there hasn't been sin issue in my life at all, and God feels really far away. Man, I want to tell you right now, if you're a Christian, you're going to go through times when God feels really, really far away. And what you need to know, this is why it's critical what you believe about God. Because what we need to know about him is that he never leaves, he never forsakes you, and he is always with you. He is present. And sometimes he's just silent, and every time God is silent with us, what he's really doing is he's just building our faith, and he's increasing us, our love for him and our trust in him. Okay? So what does this mean? Just in the fact that God is, is omnipresent, I'm telling you, this is the biggest one, you guys, that you need to know today. You are never alone. You are never alone. I've said probably a hundred times since we launched K2, one of the greatest things about receiving Jesus Christ into your life is he says the Holy Spirit comes and resides in you. And when that happens, there is never one moment of any day that the living presence of Christ is not right here with you. Do you guys know, right, in the Bible, the biggest command, number-wise, the command that happens more than anything else in the Bible, you guys know what it is? What? Nope. Isn't that interesting? You'd think it'd be love each other. You know what it is? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why not? because I'm with you. That's awesome. Over and over, God is saying to these guys, don't be afraid. And then he always follows it up with, because I'm with you. So man, when you're at work, you're in a relational conflict, you're all alone with temptation just hounding you, you are not alone. And that's huge. Here's the other thing that that helps me with is neither are the people you love. Neither are the people you love. You know, one of the hardest things to do, I remember, and I'm, I'm not going to go into this at all, but when, when Mariah went through her surgery and I couldn't trust God with her, the whole point was I trusted God with my life, I didn't trust Him with Mariah's life. And see, eventually, those people that you love, your spouse and your kids and certain friends, we need to know as well, and we can know. God is with them too. We can. We don't have to control everything. And we can trust him. And then, what does it mean? We need to cultivate an awareness of his presence. You need to cultivate an awareness of his presence. And that's why, you guys, I I tell you a million times, this is just, spending time with God is critical. Every day he offers to sit, every day he just sits there and goes, I am here for you. And if you will take any time out of your busy schedule and just chill and sit with me, I will speak to you. And you guys, let's go back to the knowledge part. And God knows everything that you need to hear. 
He has all the wisdom that you need for every situation in your life. And this is where I just, for me and for all of us, and yet we're too busy to actually get into his presence and receive all the love, all the grace, all the mercy, all the power, all the insight, all the wisdom that he wants to give us. See, this is why it's critical. Get God out of your box and realize he's there. He's present with everything that you you need. All right, so he's infinite in his knowledge. He's infinite in space. Here's the last one. He's infinite in time. God is infinite in time. Psalm 139, starting with verse 13. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Isn't that awesome? All the days ordained for you were written in God's book before one of them ever came to be. See, guys, this is when it gets fun. God is eternal. That means he has always been. He is, you know, so again, you come back and you, you study that everything has a cause, and so we're always trying to find out, well, what was the first cause? And the Bible just says, well, it was God. See, because he's eternal. He's the one who actually created time. So he's outside of time. See, and this is where we just go, wait a second. <clears throat> but Isaiah 43, verse 10, puts it this way. Forty-three, ten. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I've chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. God is the original cause of everything. He's eternal, and he's outside of time. So what does that mean? Psalm 90, uh, verses 1 through 4, says this. Lord, you have been our dwelling place through all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and all the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. From everlasting to everlasting. So what does, that, what does that mean, you guys? So what would be some examples? One, one good new example I, I just heard was this. It'd be like um, going to, I remember we, one time we got to go to the Macy's Day Parade, you know? Anybody else been to the Macy's Day Parade? Okay. Nobody. Wow. All right. Well, we've all watched it on TV. But can you imagine being able to climb to the top of, the, of a skyscraper in New York City and look down? If you did that, you could see the whole parade, right? You could see the beginning and the end. You'd have the whole thing in your view. But we're down on the ground, and all we can see is what comes by us in the moment. And then we wait for the next moment. See, God is like the person at the top of the skyscraper looking down on time. He created. He sees the beginning, and he sees the end, and he's outside of the whole deal. See, now, there, I don't know about you, but there's, this is the stuff where you start thinking about this, and you go, how does that work? And the answer is, we have no idea. We have no idea. But here's what's really cool about that, you guys. What that means is that God knows the future. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what he's doing. This is where it gets exciting again that he knows the plans for us. Man, if you are lacking hope, 
Which when you're going through, when, when I started off the day, when you've got great things in your life and they're horrible, and you are going through a season in your, in your life that is just sucking the life out of you, one of the greatest things to know that God is eternal and he's outside of time is that when we, that's why we love Romans 8, 28, right? Because he works together for the good of all those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So you've got to believe in the midst of being a finite person that has to live by time that there's hope, there's always hope for the future because we have a God who sees it all and he knows what he's doing. And it brings comfort to me too, you guys, because life is a mystery. There are so many things that happen and you just go, I have no idea. We have experienced so many mysteries, even just here at K2, in my own personal life, and you have too. And with, again, we can know that there's a God up there who says, I know what you don't know, and I am working things out in ways that you don't know, and I'm good, and I love you, and I'm working for eternity. So what that means is I can live in the moment no matter what it is, because there's one who's above the moment. And you can live in your moment, no matter what it is, because there's one who's above the moment. Now, what's the response to this stuff? See, this is where you go as a finite human being, you guys. Many times we're trying to figure out stuff that is only should fall in the camp of God's responsibility. And once you understand that he's infinite in his knowledge, that he knows everything, And once you realize that he is everywhere, and once you realize that he's above time, and he's working things out in ways that us, that we can't understand, that's why God looks at us and he says, so trust me. Trust me. And it's the people in scripture, and it's been the people for the last thousand years who have trusted God, who've seen him work out things, and that have been beyond what they could imagine, And it's those people who have the peace and the rest in their soul. And I I just say, that's when I just go, you know what? I want to worship you, God. I'm going to worship you because you are and I'm not. You are all these things and I'm not. And the world definitely isn't. And as much as I love my wife, she's not. There isn't anybody else who is except God. And this is what brings reverence and awe where you humble yourself before him. And the Bible says that this reverence, this fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's when you start to get it because you realize he's God and he's infinite and I'm not. So let's trust him. Let's fix our eyes on him. So band, come on up as we close. We're gonna just close with one last song. This could just say just again, great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. And as we worship him, you guys, I just, I just want to encourage you, even right now, to say, where is it that you've been doubting God? Where is it that, you've, that you have struggled not thinking that he really knows what he's doing and that you actually think you know better? Where is it that you've had questions in your mind of things that you can't understand? And maybe today you've just needed to be reminded, but you have a God who's over all of that. You have a God who's with you in the midst of it. So that's what I love about the Bible. People who follow God, man, they went through the ringer. It's not that you don't go through stuff. You go through the ringer, but you go through it with him because he's with you. 
and he knows what he's doing. And I just, for me, the natural response is to say, you know what? I'm following that God. I'm worshiping that God. I'm going to let that God have this life to do with it what he planned before I was even born. And then God's stuff gets done. And then the fear, the anxiety, the despair, the lack of hope, the heaviness, and the emptiness can dissipate. And Jesus said, and I'll give you rest for your soul. Our rest comes in knowing this infinite God. So let's stand together and let's worship him with this one last song, reminding ourselves how great he is before we head out today.